Hello and welcome to Small Town Banter, a rural library podcast about the Parkland County community, local events, and good old-fashioned Albertan humor. Small Town Banter was created by Parkland County Libraries as a way to connect you with your community from the comfort of your home. Stay tuned for special guests, funny antics, and so much more. We would like to discuss topics you're thinking about and hopefully others that have never crossed your mind. We endeavor to lighten your day and at times ponder the obscure. Welcome to Small Town Banter. We're so excited to be here. You are listening to Brittany and Lorena from Parkland County Libraries. And this week we are here to chat about book and TV crossovers and later ask the age old questions like what came first, the chicken or the egg? But before we get to that, here are some community and library updates. As this is a new podcast and there are still COVID restrictions, we don't have a lot of community updates. But if you have anything that you want to share, please contact us at podcasts at pclibraries.ca. We do have a few library updates. As of March 1st, public libraries have been bumped up to phase two of the Alberta Provincial Reopening Schedule. As of this recording on March 3rd, Parkland County Libraries are still currently providing curbside services while we work towards a safe reopening plan. You can catch the updates as they happen via our website, pclibraries.ca, or on our Facebook at PC Libraries. We look forward to reopening soon and seeing you all. So we're at the part, the good thing for the week, Brittany. What is your good moment of the week? So my good thing of the week would be, yay, libraries are reopening. Oh my gosh, we got zero hours notice to prepare for libraries reopening. But yay, it's still exciting that we're reopening. And once we have that safe reopening plan and we all know what's going on and the door is actually open, it's going to be so nice. Um, Last night I was thinking about all the possibilities going into the spring. You know, the nice weather, all the programming. Um, Here at Entwistle, the pool, the brand new pool, kids and families coming in and out, just painted a nice picture. I was going to be a bustling community hub. Yeah, I love it. It feels like a person's living again. Yeah, so yay spring, yay swimming pools, yay libraries, yay life going back to normal maybe, or at least one step closer to normal. Lazy summer days with a book. Yeah, like all of those just sound like great things. So So much good stuff this week. Yeah. Lorena, what's your good thing of the week? Well, I kind of revisited my youth. My grandparents had um, gifted my dad uh, an older trapper sled. It was used for hunting. And us kids growing up, we would go on the back of it on the skidoo. And, you know, you're hanging off the back and, you know, you'd purposely fall off and roll and, and hope the snow is deep. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I was out there with my dad and my three kids, and I got on the back of the trapper sled, and it was so much fun. But I do got to say, I look at the world a little differently. I was thinking, I don't think I can navigate a roll if I get flung off this contra- uh, contraption. Uh, I thought, how is that going to impact my life? How is it going to impact my job if I break a bone? (laughs) Like stuff that I never thought about as a kid. I just dove and you didn't even think twice about hurting yourself. And 
being an adult is wild. <laughs> like even having fun can still give you anxiety. Like how could I yeah. efficiently have fun? And then the next morning, I was so proud of myself. I was like, I, I, you know, was like a trooper on the back. The kids you were survived. videoing me. But the next morning when I got up, my muscles by my ribs were so sore from hanging on for dear life, right? <laughs> but just going to have abs of steel. That's the plan for the summer. That's just so much good stuff. Yay. Sun, the sun is shining and good things are happening. I hope you all had a really good last week and this week is mm -hmm. going to be just as wonderful. Okay, here we are at Book of the Week. So the theme of this week's episode was books that have been turned into TV shows. And so the book that I picked for my book of the week, I feel like I said book 8,000 times in the last 14 seconds, is Dexter's Darkly Dreaming by Jeff Lindsay. So I picked this book for a couple of reasons. One of them is just because there's a cute story behind how I read the book. Last summer when we were all trying to think of fun ways to get through a COVID summer and we were doing like that wine ninja and all of that kind of stuff. I participated in a book exchange with a bunch of different library technicians from across the province. And so what we did was we just each received a random name and address and we just sent them a book and a little something. And so the book that I got was Dexter. That's and I had never watched the TV show or read the book or really knew anything about him. So it was fun to get something new to read. And um, so these books, the first one was published in 2004, so it's definitely way behind on getting into these. But um, without too many spoilers, there's definitely like this talking too much about this book will ruin our PG rating, so I won't get too much into it. But it's a series about a serial killer who lives by a special code, or he only goes after other serial killers or people that he has deemed awful enough to make them worthy of getting murdered, I guess. Like they have to, you have to be really bad for him to come after you. So he's like an anti, is that an anti superhero kind of thing? I don't know if that's the right word, but. I don't know. His code, like he has a code. He's not just. He has a moral yeah, compass. Yeah, he's got a moral <laughs> compass, even though he's a serial killer. And so like, it's a dark read and the TV show is just as dark. So if you're looking for something lighthearted and funny, don't go towards Dexter. But if you like true crime and murder stuff and. Did you enjoy the book? Cause I've only watched one or two episodes years ago of the actual TV series. And while it was intriguing, I'm too yeah. skittish. <laughs> I am a very, I, like, I really love true crime stuff right. and, like, even true crime fiction, like, just right. that kind of stuff. So I did enjoy it. Um, like, if, it's it's not a heavy read. Okay. Like, it's an easy read. Okay. You can get through the books pretty quickly, and it's it's just something to, it's a good distraction kind okay. of book. Because I know numerous people that love the Dexter series. It was their go-to for the week, so. I wouldn't say that I'm, like, obsessed with it. Like, it's in my top ten favorite things. But I did enjoy it. Okay. It was, it was good, like, six out of ten. Okay. So I have a little bit darker selection also. Mine is The Hunger Games, the series. So not a TV show. No. Book. 
and it's a three book series and now i think it's a four book compilation because there's a new book that came out in the last couple of months is that the prequel yeah yes um i haven't read it yet so i can't really speak to it but um it's by susan collins and i love this series it um and the movie was exactly how i envisioned it so it's a dystopian book series that follows a young female named Katniss, which I love the name, as she is thrust into a life and death competition involving a wealthy capital and 13 poor districts. Um, candidates are chosen via lottery and are expected to survive through a wide range of death-defying matches. It's the only book-movie crossover that was exactly the way I envisioned it in my head. Like the actors, the background, the mood. That's really cool. It's like they got into my head and they just knew what they, they were knew. Doing. Yeah. So um, I love the books. I love the movies and my teens love the books and the movies also. So it's one of those ones that can translate to different age groups. Together. Yeah. So nice. very enjoyable. I think my favorite part of the entire Hunger Games is the fire dress when she comes out of like the horse and chair. Yes. And the fire. Like I could totally go for a fire dress right now. That's that's cool. I think one thing, so a lot of us moms were at a soccer game with the kids or or anywhere where Katniss comes out and it's in the movies, not in the book. And she puts her two fingers up and I don't want to whistle, but she does this whistle and it has this little musical thing. So when we leave, we <laughs> put our fingers oh, up. I love it. <laughs> We're kind of geeky like that. Do you anyway, whistle to each other. Yeah. We've got it down pat. Like that's great. It's like our exit move. It's like, yeah, that's great. So if you're looking for books this week, Dexter, and the Hunger Games. And if you see me in the community, give me the cat in a signal. <laughs> so science mystery solved, just not by us, Brittany. Please never ask us to solve your problems. <laughs> now this started my over supper. My father had uh, mentioned he was reading about the age old mystery, the which came first, the chicken or the egg. And there was some Israeli studies that were going on and we were talking about it. And um, so I kind of looked into it after. And first off, it has to be said that in the age of molecular food, we probably already could make eggs without chickens. Now, I don't know for sure, but it wouldn't surprise me. That's some like Margaret Atwoodian <laughs> stuff. I don't know if Atwoodian is the right word, but that's totally It fits. This is Atwood territory. So in saying this, we really may have missed the boat. This has been, this age old question has been out there for thousands and thousands of years, but we actually might have missed the trend, Brittany. <laughs> We're typical. Only years behind. Dang it. We always miss every trend. How typical, but. We're here to inform you. So anyway, the consensus is and all the data and the reasonings is that the egg came first for a few different reasons. And uh, one being depending on your beliefs, whether, you know, evolutionism or um, uh, they 
of course, believe that the egg was formed first. Right. But another uh, one is a more metaphor for the metaphorical riddle is that the egg came first simply because domesticated chickens are only about 8,000 years old. They're, oh they're youngins. <laughs> the little babies. So the first egg was actually laid by the red jungle fowl. That's which very specific. Predates the chicken and it's our domesticated chicken's ancestor, so to speak. So it seems to me that they actually we are kind of getting off on a technicality there. Yeah. Like I'm not a scientist. But that doesn't seem but, like hard science. I mean, that's hard science, but it kind of seems like we're getting off on a technicality. I think my favorite part of the story is that like scientists in a university went to someone and asked for funding to do this study. And I bet you that was fun. And spent their someone portion of their life for this. And someone with money was like, yes, please take my money and find me the answers, the answers to life. The well, answers even the, 42. And the first eggs, they would not have been hard shell. Just like fish eggy kind of. Yes, right? So it's So evolved. is it the same for all animals? Like which came first, the fish egg or the fish? It was the fish egg? Um, Brittany, I'm not. Know these things. <laughs> That'll have to take another hour of my time to <laughs> scour the interweb. If you know a lot about eggs, can you please send us an email? And what about you? You had some revelations this past week. So I, uh, I didn't solve any huge mysteries. I just love space. And uh, so the Mars rover Perseverance landing on Mars with the getting to watch that and just like see how clear the footage was and like there's so much going on on earth right now that it's nice to be able to just leave the planet for a bit let's check out go to mars see what's going on and not have to worry about earth drama my two takeaways from the video footage was obviously they have a climate because it seemed like there was dust and debris floating around like like wind yeah Right. Okay. That was my first. <laughs> wind. Oh, there's well, wind. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I'm, no, I would fine. imagine in some planets they don't have, have that climate. Yeah. Right. And then um, I noticed that a lot of the rocks, they look like they've been eroded. They were smooth with mm -hmm. erosion. So. My takeaway is that how come you can go to Mars and send us back crystal clear footage, but I try to take a picture of the full moon with my cell phone and that's not happening. Or I can't even get on the internet at home and I live right next to a tower. And if my family was to relocate and build a tree house in the tower, we probably would still have terrible internet. NASA, we need your help. <laughs> well, so we're adding another mystery. It's not a science mystery. I'm just jumping right into the next thing, Lorena. Yes. That's okay. So I, uh, on the way here, they, I was listening to the radio and they were talking about a local mystery that we don't have all of the details, but this is what I got out of the story so far. Um, in Edmonton, in somewhere in South Edmonton, the Millwoods area, mm -hmm. they 
discovered, I think last night or yesterday evening or something, a woman in the ceiling of a school. We don't know which school. We don't know why. We know that she's not affiliated with the school in any way. We don't know how long she's been there. Um, I hope, like, not for the children, like, I hope for the sake of the students that she wasn't there for very long, but for the sake of the story, I want it to be at least five days. So that's the new mystery. That is creepy. Um, what was she doing? Like, I have a whole story that I made up for her, <laughs> that she just, like, was really into the cafeteria food and thought, like, oh, free rent and free baked beans. I'm there. <gasps> So that's our new mystery. We've solved the chicken or the egg. We've explored space and Mars. And a school in Millwood. And now we need to figure out why the lady was in the ceiling at the school in Millwoods. So if you know the answer to this, the Millwoods story, please let us know because as of recording this episode, we don't have the details and we really need them. So please help us. So before we finish and wrap up episode three, we just wanted to say thanks to everybody for listening. It's been a big adventure so far for us to get into this podcast and start recording. And it's been a lot of fun. And it's all because of you guys that you're listening to us ramble on. So huge shout out to all of our listeners. It's very humbling. And it's um, it's so great that we got so many uh, so many listeners so quickly. And we wanted to just say a big thank you because you are what makes this possible and hey there to our listeners in texas we uh know that you've been going through a lot in the last few weeks and we hope that you're staying safe and your things are getting better and you you have electricity mm -hmm. and you're just having a good time and just know that your alberta friends send you lots of love and think just big shout out to everybody that's been here listening to us absolutely Thanks for sticking it out with us on this episode of Small Town Banter. Until next week, stay safe and be well, folks. Toodles! If you have a community event, program questions, or something you would like to share with us at Small Town Banter, please email us at podcast at pclibraries.ca. That's podcast at pclibraries.ca.